Christmas and angels just go together, don't they? When you think about it, uh, whether you're making angel-shaped uh, sugar cookies or singing angels we have heard on high, watching little children in angel costumes complete with halos and the wings, um, putting the angel on the top of the Christmas tree, uh, Christmas would not be the same without these special beings. But how much do you really know about angels? How much do you really know? You know, it could be that much of what we think about angels may not actually line up with reality. 
It may not line up with what angels are all about. Uh, There's only one reliable source when it comes to the topic of angels, and of course, that is God's Word. And so, as you know, we're doing a series we're calling simply Christmas Angels this year. Um, But I thought, before we dive into the accounts of these Christmas visitors, and we're going to in the coming weeks, I thought it might be a good idea to just stop today and back up and cover some of the basics when it comes to these special beings that are known as angels. So I want you to think about today as an Angel 101 class, okay? Or if we were in Bible college, we might call it angelology. It's an introduction to angels, Angels 101. Now, we're just going to be able to kind of scratch the surface today, give you some of the highlights, give you some of the most basic things. I have whole books devoted to angels in my library. In fact, I have stacks of books uh, that I could show you uh, concerning angels. We're just going to cover some of the basics so you have kind of a handle on what these beings are all like and what they're about. And then as we dive in in the coming weeks to the actual accounts of the Christmas angels, I think it'll be helpful. Now, I've got to warn you, even after we're done today, you're probably still going to have some questions when it comes to angels. Um, and you say, well, why is that? Well, as Keithy noted, theologians have often viewed angels as a very difficult subject. Now, why is it that we look at angels and we say it's a difficult subject? Well, it's because um, while we see abundant mention of angels in the Bible, the nature of the biblical revelation concerning angels, um, it's not always just directed. It's not directed toward the angels. The angel is kind of incidental to the other topic or the other person. When you look at the scripture, they're not treated directly themselves. He, he said God's revelation never aims at informing us regarding the nature of angels. When they're mentioned, it is always in order to inform us further about God, what he does and how he does it. And since details about angels are not significant for that purpose, they tend to be omitted. And so that's one of the difficulties when we see the angels appear. Uh, the focus is not on the angel as much as it is the incident, the person, and ultimately God. And God who is using the angels in various ways. Now, depending on your age, when you think of angels, you might think of Michael Landon. You know, is that, is that an accurate depiction? Others are saying, what is he talking about? And who is he talking about? Well, you can look that up on your own or ask your grandparent after the service. But let's look into the Bible today and let's see what the Bible tells us about angels. And we're going to do an Angel 101, okay? And so there's a lot of things we don't know, but there's a lot of things we are told. And there's a lot of things that we can say for certain. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a lot of Scripture today, and for the sake of time, I'm going to put a lot of the references on the screen. And so if you are a note-taker, which some of you are, and we appreciate that, um, you can jot down these references. If you're fast at looking up references, you can follow along today. But we will give this to you. But let's talk about what we can know for sure when it comes to angels. We can say with certainty today that angels were created by God. Angels were created by God. Psalm 148, verses 2 through 5 says, Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you stars of light. Praise Him, you heavens of heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. Angels were created by God. 
John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And so the Word there, of course, is Jesus. And then Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, For by Him, that is Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. Angels were created by God. Now, we're not certain exactly when God created the angels, but we do know that He created the angels before He created us. The book of Job, we think, may be the oldest Bible book. And in Job 38, verses 4 through 7, I'm going to read this in the NLT. This is what it says in Job 38. As God is questioning Job, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundations and who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? So we know the angels were created before man. In fact, according to this, they were created before the earth itself. And so, like all of God's creation, the angels were created good. Angels have intelligence. They have intelligence. 2 Corinthians 11.3 And so angels are smart. They have intelligence. Angels show emotion. Uh, James chapter 2, verse 19. And so they can shout for joy. Uh, angels can do that. They have emotion. And they have a will. Angels have will. They have volition. Uh, Jude, verse 6. And so while all angels were created good... Not all of them stayed that way. Some exercised their intelligence and their will to rebel against God. We think primarily of Lucifer, that is the devil, and those that he took with him that fell with him, and they became fallen angels, or as we often refer to them, demons. Now, we're not going to take the time to develop that theme because that's not our intent. In this series, we're thinking about Christmas angels. We're thinking about those who are still messengers of God. We're thinking about those who are still good angels. But just be aware that just like us, God created them good and some of them rebelled against God. Just as God created Adam and Eve, perfect and good, and yet they too used their intellect and their will to rebel against God. Now, the Bible tells us that angels are spirits. They're spirits. Hebrews 1.7 says, And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. And as spirits, it appears they do not have a permanent physical body. But they can take on the form or the appearance of a human, and they also take on other appearances. In fact, in the Scripture, now when we think of angels, um, when we look at art and we look at um, what has been depicted, you might see a, a, a fat, half-naked a cherubim or something, not, not so much. And you might say, you might see a, a, a woman as an angel. But it's interesting in the Scripture, whenever we do see an angel appears, they appear as a man. 
Now, the website gotquestions.org, and by the way, I recommend that site if you have questions. In fact, sometimes if you ask me questions, I'll send you the link on gotquestions.org. It provided a wonderful summary. It said, other times, so they appeared sometimes as a man, other times angels appeared not as humans, but as something otherworldly. And their appearance was terrifying to those who encountered them. Often the first words from these angels, what do the angels often say the first thing they say? Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Because it's terrifying, apparently, to come in contact with an angel. Um, Because extreme fear was such a common reaction, the keepers of Jesus' tomb became as dead men uh, when they saw the angel of the Lord in Matthew 28, verse 4. The shepherds in the fields in Luke 2 were sore afraid when the angel of the Lord appeared and glory of the Lord shone around them. As for physical characteristics, angels are sometimes described as winged. Now, here are some of the images. The images of the cherubim on the Ark of the Covenant had wings that covered the mercy seat, Exodus 25:20. Isaiah saw seraphim in his vision, uh, the throne of heaven in Isaiah 6. Remember, those had six wings, and they cried, Holy, holy, holy. They had six wings. Um, Ezekiel 2 saw visions of winged angels. Isaiah 6 depicts the angels having human features, They had voices. They had faces. They had feet. Angel voices are heard singing and praising God in several other passages. The angels at Jesus' tomb is described as having a brilliant appearance. His countenance was like lightning and His raiment white as snow. Matthew 28, verse 3. What we're saying is angels are spirits. And while it seems they may not have a permanent physical body of some sort, they can appear and take on various appearances, sometimes in human form, sometimes as winged creatures. I've seen on social media uh, depictions of angels and what they, when you just write it out with the, all these eyes and wings and all this stuff, and we would say they're weird-looking creatures, but the reality is uh, they're spirits. And, and so they can take on different forms. They were created by God. Now, I've got to tell you something very important. And usually I can't say this because I see a lot of people believe this, but it's the wrong time to to correct their thinking. A lot of people, now listen, one of the biggest mistakes that I see when it comes to angels is this. People believe that when their loved one dies, their loved one becomes an angel. I see it all the time. Oh, my my father's an angel. My mother's an angel. Uh, My child's an angel. And while it be they may have wonderful characteristics, we might think of them being angelic, the reality is that when a person dies, they do not become an angel. And when you and I die, we don't become angels. We're created as humans. Angels are created as angels. Those don't cross paths as far as changing into the other. That is, when you as a human die... The Bible says if you know Christ to be absent in the body, to be present with the Lord, we're going to get new resurrected bodies. It's going to be a glorious thing. And we don't become angels. Angels were created. They were created by God. They were created as angels. They're going to remain angels or they're going to become demons because they fell. But your loved one does not become an angel. And um, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of glad about the fact that I'm not going to become an angel. I'm going to have a resurrected glorified body. I'm going to be perfect in the presence of the Lord because I know Christ and hopefully you know Christ. That's going to be the same for you. If you don't know Christ, today's the day to give your life to Christ. So we can say with certainty 
that angels were created by God. Something else we can say with certainty. Angels are servants of God. I'm going to give you a list here, and we're going to go kind of rapidly so you all listen fast, okay? As Colossians tells us that not only did Christ create everything, everything was created by Him and for Him. That would include angels. And we see in Scripture that angels are used in various ways. First of all, of course, angels worship God. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3, One cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. When you get a scene of the throne room of God, there are angelic beings, there are angels there worshiping God. We know when Jesus was born, the angels lit up the sky in front of the shepherds and they sang praises to the Lord. The angels exist to worship God. And by the way, you and I exist to worship God. That's why we're here, to worship and know God. Secondly, angels deliver messages for God. Now, we're going to see that in the coming weeks. The next three weeks, God willing, we're going to look at angelic beings that took messages for God, all right? And so they deliver messages for God. In fact, the word angel actually means messenger. And so these are messengers of God. Thirdly, we know that angels engage in spiritual battle. Now, remember, there's a spiritual war going on. And we know that angels engage in spiritual battle. If you want to read this and read, read an account of that, write down this reference, Daniel 10, 10 through 14. Daniel 10, 10 through 14. And I'll just give you a summary. Basically, you have Daniel's praying, and the answer's delayed, and the angel comes and says, you know, we heard it, God heard it, we were coming, but I, you know, I've been hindered. There's been spiritual word for you warfare going on. So Daniel chapter 10, verses 10 through 14 is an instance of angels engaging in spiritual battle. And then we know that angels serve at God's bidding. Angels serve at God's bidding. Uh, We see angels serving during the life of our Lord. Remember when the Holy Spirit led the Lord Jesus up to be tempted by the devil and the devil tempted him. And it says at the end in Matthew chapter 4, verse 11, Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. And so they serve at his bidding. We see them serving. And then we know, and this maybe is not as pleasant, we don't like to think about this, but we know that angels execute judgment. We don't think about that as we're putting the angel on top of the Christmas tree, or we see our little toddler in an angel outfit. But here's the reality. Angels execute judgment. One author noted, Angels are not all radiance and joy. They also carry out God's orders for destruction. The book of Revelation foretells many angelic acts that will bring about the ultimate destruction of the world in Revelation 7. When Pharaoh refused to let the people of God leave Egypt, God sent an angel to strike down every firstborn son in Exodus chapter 12. Angels were involved in the death of Herod in Acts chapter 12. Angels were involved in the slaughter of the Assyrian army in 2 Kings 19. And angels are involved in the punishment of Jerusalem in 1 Chronicles chapter 21. They're powerful beings created by God, servants of God. They carry out God's messages, God's bidding, whatever God needs done. And sometimes that includes executing judgment. But we're not done. You'll like this one. 
when you think about angels being servants of God, we also understand that angels help God's children. Angels help God's children. Now make sure you jot these references down. Hebrews 1.14. I'm going to read it to you in two different translations because I want you to hear it. Hebrews 1.14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? That's the New King James. Listen to it in the NLT. Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. Yes, God uses angels to help care for God's children. In fact, we're told in Hebrews 13.2, you might want to write this one down, Hebrews 13.2, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. The King James has it, the Old King James has it, that they, they um, entertain angels unaware. And of course, a little child one time thought it said it entertained angels in their underwear. But that's not the case at all. Unaware. All right. In other words, it's possible that we could interact with angels and not even know it. Entertain angels unaware. Entertain unwittingly angels. One of my favorite accounts, and if you've got your Bible, you can open up to this passage if you'd like. Second Kings chapter 6, we see a case of where um, angels are ministering um, to God's children, to God's people. Second Kings chapter 6. Find verse 14. We'll start there. I love this account. Uh, this is from the life of Elisha. And in 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning at verse 14, it says, Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose, that is, Elisha's servant arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city, with horses and chariots. And his, servants said, and his servant said to him, that is to Elisha, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those that are with them. Now don't close it up yet, but think about that. Put yourself in the sandals of the Elisha's servant. He goes and looks out, and there's this huge army coming against them. And he's scared. And he goes back and he says to Elisha, Look at all this. And imagine, Elisha said, well, don't, don't be afraid. There are more with us than are with them. And, and I don't know about you. You say, what are you talking about? Well, look at the next verse. I love verse 17. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. That is, God's angelic army was there. See, the servant couldn't see it. Elisha knew it. Maybe Elisha could see it. But he said, Lord, open his eyes. And he opened his eyes and he was amazed at what he saw. I wonder what it would be like if God would open our eyes to every angelic possible encounter or protection that we have experienced in life. There's debate, you know, do we all have our own guardian angel? I don't necessarily subscribe to we each have a guardian angel, but I do subscribe to what the Bible says, that we all have angels who care for us according to God's plan and promise. That's an account from the Bible. There's an account from church history I love 
about the pioneer missionary John Patton. You know, I've told you about John Patton before. John Patton, remember, was the missionary to cannibals. I never want to be a missionary to cannibals. I look too appetizing. But John Patton was. His story is incredible. You can get his book that he wrote, his life. And, and really, I'll just tell you, when you read the story, it's just basically one episode after another of him almost getting killed. That's really what it is. And, and God delivering him in much difficulty. Uh, but, but let me share this, this from uh, John Patton. Uh, this is from an account. Uh, he served in the New Hebrides Islands in the South Pacific. Hostile natives surrounded his mission headquarters one night. They were, in, they were intent on burning the Pattons out and killing them. John Patton and his wife prayed all during that terror-filled night that God would deliver them. When daylight came, they were amazed to see that unaccountably the attackers had left. They thanked God for delivering them. Now a year later, so we're fast-forwarding a year, so here we are, we're just, they're going to burn them out, they're going to kill them, but nothing happens. One year later, here's what happens. The chief of the tribe was converted to Jesus Christ. And Mr. Patton, remembering what had happened, asked the chief what had kept him and his men from burning down the house and killing them. The chief replied in surprise. Here's what he said. Who were all those men you had with you there? Who were all those men you had with you there? The missionary answered, there were no men there, just my wife and I. The chief argued that they had seen many men standing guard. Hundreds of big men in shining garments with drawn swords in their hands. They seemed to circle the mission station so the natives were afraid to attack. Only then did Mr. Patton realize that God had sent his angels to protect them and the chief agreed there was no other explanation. Imagine that. The Pattons didn't even know that God has sent an angel army to protect him and his wife. And those who were intent on harming them could see them. And of course, we know as we read that story, God gets the glory. And that's one of the things I want you to, to focus with me on. Now, I want you to understand, and we're going to get a lesson here in just a second, but I want you to understand that we are looking at Christmas angels. We're talking about angels. And we're using that as kind of our guide, if you will, this Christmas season. But the story is never about the angels. See, angels, we don't worship angels. We don't glorify angels. We don't get so mesmerized with angels that we miss out on being mesmerized with God and to glorify God and keep our focus on Christ. But, but we are amazed at God's goodness here, are we not? We're only left to wonder how God may have used His angels to protect you and to protect me. We just don't know. See, that's how good God is. To send out these mighty created beings to do His work, to minister to those who are His children. Well, what do we take away from today? Well, I think... There are two main lessons we take away from today, and that's this. Angels show us and remind us how to obey God and how to worship God. You see, they don't receive the honor and glory. They don't receive the worship. When they're there, they're pointing to the Lord. And like the angels, we as God's children, we should obey God immediately. When God says go, we go. 
When God says do something, we do it. Just as His ministering spirits do. They don't debate. They don't talk back. They don't rationalize. They are there ready for the orders of the Lord. And when He says to do something, they go and do it. And you know, they look and they watch how God deals in our lives. I think they stand amazed. They watch. They were there. They saw the crucifixion of the Lord. They were involved. They saw the resurrection of the Lord. They see the Lord's working. They see the Lord working in our lives. And they peek in and they see God's working. But they remind us, they show us how we ought to obey God. And then how we ought to worship God. We ought to worship Him fully. Their existence is all about God. They exist for God. They were created for God. And by the way, I've got to remind you today. It's very important you remember this because the world tells us differently. You don't exist for yourself. You were created for God. You exist for God. Your very being. We're here to know God and enjoy God and glorify God and get others to know God. Even as we get to enjoy life because God is so good. What a glorious God we have. And notice that the attention is not drawn to the angels or drawn to their value or drawn to their worth. There is one angel that does that, but he's a fallen angel. That's what Lucifer wanted, remember? He wanted to be like the Most High. He wanted to be like God. And he led other angels astray with him. And he wants the focus. But those angels who kept their first estate, who are still servants and ministers and messengers of God, their whole existence is to not draw attention to their value. No, it's not about look at me. No, it's look at God. Look at God. And by the way, what a wonderful way to live our lives. To live our lives like that. That through our actions, we're saying to other people, look at God. Look how awesome He is. And in our words, when people are talking with us, or, or maybe they give us a praise, or, or they say something kind, and, and we, we direct it to God, look at God. Isn't God awesome? Isn't He wonderful? Isn't the Lord Jesus wonderful? I don't know about you, but my heart has been touched even today as I think about the account of John Patton and his wife there. I could just see them crying out in agony. Oh, God, deliver us. Oh, God, protect us. And God in His goodness says, go, stand guard. And again, I just wonder how many times has God sent an angel to keep you back from that accident? To prevent this from happening. To stop someone from attacking. Whatever the case may be. Only God knows. But we say today, praise be to His name. God is glorious. God is great. Now, you've got to come back because this was Angel, Angels 101. We're going to go in a deeper course in the coming weeks. We're going to literally go with some angels on some errands. And we're going to see how God uses these messengers to carry out His will because it's all about His will and His honor and His glory. Would you bow with me in prayer this morning? Father, we have no idea the ways that You've protected us. We know that we're indwelt by Your Holy Spirit. 
And then we know that you use your angels, your angelic beings, your messengers, and whatever means you see fit. And you've used them to protect your children. We, we see the accounts of the Scripture. We see the accounts in church history. And we're left to kind of wonder today, how many times have you done that in our life? So we want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you that you love us so much. Thank you, Lord, that you are so good and so great. Help us in this series, uh, just as these angels would, that, that would use their stories to go back to you over and over and over again. To, to, to contemplate, to understand, to grow in our knowledge of knowing just how good you are. Thank you for this wonderful time of the year as we celebrate the birth of our Savior and soon coming King. In his name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn again, if you don't know Christ, we'd love to share Christ with you today. As always, the altar is open. You can come and pray. If you need assistance, just let us know. We'd love to pray with you. But I thought we'd close out today with 180. The first Noel, the angel did say, was to search in for shepherds and fields as they lay. And it goes on. But um, think about this as we gather throughout this month. And maybe, I hope, maybe I'll whet your appetite and you're ready to go dig a little deeper and learn a little bit more about these special creatures. 180, let's stand together and sing the first Noel.